have some movies you'd like us to review? Tell us! Send us an email at driveinmovieshr at gmail.com. Or slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at drivemoviespod or on Facebook at Hogan and Rudy. Let us know what to watch next. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Drive-In Movies with Hogan and Rudy. Right in time for Thanksgiving, we have two, I would say they kind of feel like fall movies at times. One of them talks about Christmas, so we're almost we're almost at Christmas. <laughs> it feels like a good bridge into that Christmas season gap. But we have two classic novel adaptation movies that we're pitting against each other. And we also have a guest with us this week. Mr. Cole Kaiser is joining us. So welcome, welcome. We're glad Hello. to have you. We're glad to have you. I'm glad to be here. So let's talk about these two movies that we have. First up, we have Little Women, which is from what year? Who can I phone a friend? Cole? Yeah. What year? 2019. One of the last good things. <laughs> 2019. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like it was forever ago? Yes. Like 2019 yeah. was like a whole nother decade at this point. I mean, technically it is a whole nother decade, but <laughs> that is directed by Greta Gerwig or Greta Gerda, as I previously wrote down <laughs> because I can't spell and it is based it's written by Greta Gerwig as well and it's based on a story by Louisa May Alcott that stars Sorsha Ronan as Joe March Emma Watson as Meg March Florence P <laughs> as Amy March I think it's P uh Eliza Scanlon as Beth March <laughs> but Beth Scanlon oh boy I'm having a hard time today <laughs> Laura Dern as Marmy March, Timothy Chalamet as Laurie. I think his name was Theodore Lawrence, technically in the movie. Teddy. Uh, Bob Odenkirk as Father March. He doesn't have a name. He's just father. Meryl Streep as Aunt March. And Chris Cooper as Mr. Lawrence. A lot of characters in that one. That is going up against Pride and Prejudice from what year? Say it, Cole. 2005. 2005 nice the same year that batman begins came out <laughs> uh that is directed by joe wright written by deborah mogach based on jane austen an interesting fact on imdb they list emma thompson in the writing credits for providing additional dialogue what all right <laughs> that's weird that's wild emma thompson who's not even in the movie but she, I guess she, she did win an Oscar for Sense and Sensibility, though, in the 90s. Oh, Another Jane Austen adaption. Maybe she just took some of the dialogue from that movie and was like, why don't you just plug it in here? <laughs> like, perfect. We'll give I know, you some I know it's good. <laughs> that stars Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Bennett, Matthew McFadden, McFade-Yen as Mr. Darcy, Brenda Blathen as Mrs. Bennett, Donald Sutherland as Mr. Bennett, Tallulah Riley as Mary Bennett, Roseman Pike as Jane Bennett, Jenna Malone as Lydia Bennett, Carrie Mulligan as Kitty Bennett. Whoa, that's a lot of Bennett's. <laughs> I think there's even a part in the movie where the uh, one of the servants comes in. He's like, I have a Miss Bennett, a Miss Bennett, a Miss Bennett, and a Mrs. <laughs> Bennett to see. 
There's other people in that movie too, but uh, we'll get to them in characters. There's just too many people to, to name off. Those are, that's the main family. So that's what you get. But I will turn it over to Mr. Rudy to go over what these movies were about. Yep. Or Cole, if you want to take, if you want to take. Oh, I, 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 I did not prepare for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, but Rudy, I'm sure has an actual quality one. <laughs> kind of. Usually I wing it. We'll find out. Uh, so Pride and Prejudice is about Elizabeth Bennett, who's played by Keira Knightley. And she comes from a, like, a country family. They describe the father as a country gentleman. And she starts to develop feelings for Mr. Darcy, who comes from a wealthy family. So they tell the story of how they put aside their pride and prejudice oh. and the development of the relationship. And then we have Little Women. Uh, which is about Joe Marsh, who reflects on her life and her siblings, the little women, as her father calls them. And it just basically tells the story about them and all the ups and downs of their lives. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think they're both like two hours and 10 minutes or so. So a little bit, a little bit on the longer side, but not too, not ridiculous, not two and a half hours or, or three hours. Uh, let's talk about the categories though. Um, starting with writing. This one's interesting for me because they're both based on books that I have not read. So I don't know how well the movies do in comparison to their source material. So for me in the writing category, I'm judging it solely on the movie. So if the movie did a poor job against the book, I apologize if I <laughs> bash any part of the writing. I don't know how true it is to the source material. I don't know if you guys are the same or if you guys have read the book, but let's talk about the writing. What did you guys think about the writing in these two movies? Well, I've read about 100 pages of Little Women. So I'm something of an expert of the 400 page book. <laughs> 400 page. Okay. So you've made it like 25% through. There you go. Maybe. I bought the book back when I was in high school. And then I tried to read it when the movie came out and did not finish it. <laughs> so did you know that the dual timeline was a script creation for Little Women and not the, it's not in the book? I did not. I think I, I figured, I, I didn't figure out that it was like a, a decision in the movie, but watching it, I wondered if the story was meant to be more linear than the movie showed it. So yeah. So like the movie, I mean, the book like starts on that Christmas scene, mm -hmm. the first one where they give the food away mm -hmm. um, to the family and then it goes on from there. So it really mm -hmm. kind of, it's all, both timelines are linear in their own timeline. Right. But yeah, so that was, I have, I have a lot of feelings about what the dual timeline does. Oh. oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. So I just us. jump into it? Okay. Just jump right okay. in. <laughs> I got some notes. Okay. So I think the dual timelines work most effectively in one key aspect, and that's with Beth, who mm -hmm. sadly passes away. Is sure. there spoilers? I don't know. Nah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, these <laughs> movies are out, and it's classic literature, so people oh. should know already. <laughs> right. It's like a 300-year-old. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, okay, I got to say two. First one is Beth in that the, I like freak out about it every time it happens where Beth dies in like the later timeline. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Sersha go down the steps twice in the past, in the present rather. And then she like, it's terrible that Beth dies. And then to have her jump back to the past and have her say to Emma Watson, Meg on her wedding day, I can't believe childhood is over. And like how naive that is at the time, like how young Joe is not knowing like what life is going to bring to her, but we just saw like what's going to happen and what's actually going to propel her into adulthood. Mm -hmm. 
I just freak out about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so good. I like yeah, that I, dual timeline a lot. I was going to say the exact same thing. Were you? <laughs> I think, uh, I think it really makes that story move along at a pace that doesn't get boring. Yeah. Like I feel like if it, if it was played out linear and you'd kind of be saying, seeing a lot of the same things happen in the second half, after you see it in the first half, you kind of be like, Oh my God, it's still going. And like, we're still going through these, <laughs> these story notions, but because they kind of slice it in the middle and put them side by side and you're seeing the different timelines, but they're also kind of similar in the story beats. I think matching those up at the same time works better. So it doesn't feel like you've made it through this whole story. And now it's just kind of repeating again in the second half, you're kind of seeing both portions at the same time. So it feels like it's naturally progressing um, the story along. So yeah, exactly. I agree. Nailed it. <laughs> and then I remember reading an interview with Greta saying that it was a trick because of how initially book readers and then like fans of the older adapt- adaptations, they get so mad at Amy for ending up with Lori, but she said the trick like that very first scene with Amy and Lori together, it like primes the audience for their love affair. For sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you don't have that like, oh, Amy betrayed her sister. You kind of like, the audience is like, oh, well, I saw them together first. So that's what I want to have happen kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time you could see that Amy has eyes for... Doesn't she Eddie. make a cast of her foot for him? It, she gets her the foot best stuck in, in the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of the some of the things their characters say. And that's that's one of the things I like about the writing is the dialogue feels pretty natural. And something against Pride and Prejudice where Pride and Prejudice feels like they just took the book and just made it on screen. Yeah. Um, so it kind of feels a little bit more old fashioned. Um, a lot of the dialogue is a little bit harder to follow along with just because it is more old timey English uh, yeah. language whereas little women is also an older time period but it seems like they and again i haven't read the book so i don't know maybe it, they did the same thing where they just took the book and, and put it on screen but it seems like the dialogue is a lot more updated and modern and feels more natural and easy to follow along in today's time watching that movie yeah for sure watching pride yeah. and pride and prejudice was difficult to follow along <laughs> just because of the dialogue and it was slow very slow burn i would agree i did say <laughs> in pride and prejudice that i have a note does not modernize it I guess, <laughs> as a as a comment against it as a pro for little women that it did make it more feel current yeah pride and prejudice was a good story it has a good meaning that you shouldn't judge people but this isn't called drive-in stories <laughs> it's called drive-in movies <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the people, the audience who read the book in the 1800s went wild for Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Anything else about Pride and Prejudice or? Yeah, I have Pride and Prejudice slow. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing, the one trick I did like in Pride and Prejudice was when Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett were dancing. I like how there was a moment when like everyone else faded away and was just the two of them in the hall. Mm -hmm. That was a nice little moment. They definitely had a lot of, yeah, like I think Rudy said like, it was a slow burn, especially like in their romance. It was like oh, little yeah. moments throughout that were like charged nicely. Yeah, for, for writing in Pride and Prejudice, it kind of feels like a, a Shakespeare play, but without the comedy. 
like like Shakespeare in those like love triangles or like love misunderstanding stories has like at least a little bit of comedy in there and like comedic characters. And I just feel like they didn't have that in Pride and Prejudice. They had characters maybe they meant to be funny, but they were just super annoying. Um, <laughs> like the mom, but we'll get into oh, that in characters. The mom. But comparing the two in writing, I feel like Little Women has a lot more going on. You see all of the different characters and how their lives kind of change. You see where they end up. You see the kind of different struggles that they all go through. So they really pack that two hours and 10 minutes or, or however long that movie is with a lot of different things that are happening and different characters are, are experiencing different things. And you really start to get connected with each one of their stories. And we'll expand upon that a little bit more in characters, but I feel like it has enough in there where no matter what scene you're watching, something important is happening. Yeah. At least to the character in their life. Whereas Pride and Prejudice it's like the same amount of time and the most I can say for that is the first 45 minutes is this girl thinking this guy is being really mean to her (laughs) and the last 45 minutes is her realizing maybe he's not mean but he's trying to undo all the mean things that she thought he did anyway is pretty much the last 45 minutes and that's (laughs) that's kind of it like I I, that's all I can say is is filled in that movie I do have a plot question that I did not investigate when Elizabeth Bennett was explaining to her dad like you don't understand like what he did and then they close the door and she doesn't like we don't hear the explanation what did he what did he do for the family uh, you know? I guess he paid for didn't he pay for Lydia's marriage to I thought that was the uncle uh, did we, were we told it was the uncle but it was actually him it was it was Mr. Darcy yeah oh, because okay. who someone someone told her but I thought there was a conversation with the character where he was like, where they're like, yeah, Miss Dirty paid for I'm this a- wedding or whatever. May have dozed off. Because then, <laughs> believe yeah. me, yeah. Yes. I mean, I had to rewatch a couple scenes because <laughs> because later on in that conversation with Keir Knightley and, and her dad, he makes a comment like, I, I have to pay him back or something like that. Mm, yeah. Oh, she's like, yeah, she's like, no, he wouldn't want you to pay him back or something. I could be totally wrong, and that could just be a dream that I had. <laughs> yeah, but I was no, like, totally no, off, no but that that makes sense. That's the only that thing I sense. could I could think of as like him doing specifically for their family. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a long story to get through in that one. Yes. So I will give my point to Little Women. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mine goes to I, Little I Women agree. as well. <laughs> all right, starting off uh, all three in agreement. That's that's a good sign. <laughs> Let's talk about the characters because we got lots of characters oh. to talk about. Kick us off, Rudy. I'll start with Little Women because I like those characters. All of the characters. Oh my gosh. Joe Marsh, who's, I like to say Serja <laughs> on all of her interviews. Serja. Like, like an, with an Irish. I do. Lope. She is so good. And it makes me want to watch everything she's in. And I, I might have seen most things, but I need her to be in more movies right now so I can watch them all. But every single one of the little women, they're fantastic. What a good lineup. I think I think the acting, I think the acting is good in both movies, honestly. I think the characters are a little more diverse in little women. So you get more attachment to them. You get a bigger slice of each of their lives. Whereas Pride and Prejudice, you're mainly just focusing on Elizabeth Bennett. Mm-hmm. Even Mr. Darcy is kind of only in there when interacting with Elizabeth Bennett. 
you don't really get any screen time of like other characters by themselves. Seems like everyone is central or not central. Elizabeth Bennett is central to everyone else. Everything revolves around her character. In Little Women, you kind of get that with Joe March, but the other side characters are given enough material and time where you can kind of take a break from her character, but still you're following along the plot and you're getting as much story as with these other characters as you are with with her character. So I think the diversity in Little Women is a lot better than in Pride and Prejudice. And the story is just more sound in general. Or, I'm sorry, we're talking about characters. I'm still yeah, talking about the story. It still works. The but, characters uh, are a big part. Yeah, the, the characters feed a lot into the story. And that's honestly, I think, part of why the story is so good is because you have this diverse group of characters that you kind of connect with. And by the end of the movie, you have you feel like you've seen them all grow and live out their lives in a way that uh, I don't want to say is cleaned up kind of a little too neatly, but it's satisfying to see where they end up. So can we talk about how Marmy is infinitely better than Mrs. Bennett? Oh, in God. Her household <laughs> and her yes. children and teaching uh, them lessons. That mother is so annoying. Wow. She's the worst. Oh, Mrs. Jesus. Bennett, that is. She's at 100% the whole movie, no matter she, the scene. And she's so rude to her daughters in front of other people. Yeah. Like, First of all, imagine saying to a room for people that Kira Knightley is not like one of the most beautiful people in the room. Right. Like the absurdity. (laughs) That's why I kind of, as the story progressed and you find out things about Mr. Darcy and like why he did certain things, you're like, oh, I mean, I can kind of see his reason because yeah, the mom is kind of uh, obnoxious and a lot. (laughs) So are the younger sisters. They're kind of obnoxious as well. Yeah, I felt I feel like at the end of the movie you could like have distinct multiple bullet points for each of the March sisters. Whereas like I'd be hard pressed to give more than one for anyone <laughs> but Elizabeth Bennett. Yep. Yeah. Like they're the Bennett sisters are like archetypes and oh, yeah. they, don't, they don't move beyond it. Whereas like all four of the little women are, yeah, like you were saying, fleshed <laughs> out and like they have agency outside of, I don't know, just their service to Joe. Yep, exactly. I was even say- saying to uh, Ellie as we were watching the movie for Kitty Bennett, I was like, is her whole dialogue just laughing? Like, it seemed like she just laughed the entire movie. And I was like, oh my God, this is so annoying. Like, why? <laughs> why is she so obnoxious? <laughs> so yeah, I, they don't, they really don't give any of the Bennett's very much to go off of. Even Mr. Bennett. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier uh, about characters. Uh, I was so confused because the mom calls the dad Mr. Bennett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I thought she was help for a while. Me too. <laughs> but then all the daughters were calling her mom. And I, I again looked at Ellie. I was like, is that the mom or is that the maid? Because she, <laughs> yeah. keeps, she keeps calling him Mr. Bennett. And she's like, oh, that's just how they talk to each other. I was like, why? That's so weird. But even Mr. Bennett, the dad, I liked him in the scene where they were trying to marry off Elizabeth Bennett. And he's like, if you don't, if you don't marry him, your mom will never talk to you again. Mm-hmm. But if you do marry him, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, Mr. Bennett, like, I, I see what you're doing there. But then after that, he's just kind of, he's just kind of there. He's kind of like a lazy dad who just doesn't <laughs> care. And I don't know, just there's no other characters in that movie where you can really get behind and you want to, you want to see more of this character and you want to see where they end up at the end. Half of them don't even matter honestly at at a certain point 
I mean, you have the sister of Mr. Bingley, who's the friend of Mr. Darcy. She's there in the beginning. You never hear from her again. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know what purpose she really served. Keith, the purpose is to just stand in the corner, walk by, and like look disapprovingly. Yeah, like, <laughs> give like a rude comment here and there, and then Green never hear from just her move across the again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, I have a character question. Mm-hmm. So the it's Mr. Darcy's aunt. She's like the the rich Judy Dench. You yes. So at the end, when she comes in and talks to Elizabeth and is like, "You're not going to marry my nephew," she's like, "My daughter's supposed to marry him." Does that mean Mr. Darcy was supposed to marry his cousin? I feel like that's not that uncommon. Well, uh, Elizabeth, they were trying to marry her off to her cousin. Oh, that's right. That, uh, what Mr. Collins was their cousin because he was going to get the house when the dad dies oh yeah you're right so they were trying to marry within the family Ugh. Yikes. very uh yeah i guess time specific yeah. time period hmm. and they're all like noble so they all had to marry like within their own strata like status that's know. one of the things about both of these movies i also told ellie i had a a, a grief about <laughs> more so in pride and prejudice than in little women just how throughout the movies they always commented on, oh, we're so poor. We need money. And yet they have these like giant houses. They, they, they still have like servants serving them. They have these like extravagant <laughs> breakfasts. Oh, I'm so tired of being poor. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. If they only knew what poor was. <laughs> I feel like the closest poor family was Emma Watson when she got married. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't really have too much but that scene makes okay. me sad the scene makes you sad Which one when emma is talk emma watson's talking to her husband and he's like i'm sorry that oh. we're so poor oh yeah because she bought a dress and, yeah or she bought fra- fabric for a dress he's like, yeah she's like it's not a dress yeah <laughs> oh he's like oh shoot <laughs> so i uh, have you have you guys ever heard of the star versus actress excuse me star versus actress like duality of like a woman or performer is like a star or they're an actress mm. it's like star is they are compelling is there talent there maybe not but like they're undeniably a movie star and like actresses the talent is what makes them compelling emma watson is a star <laughs> and the other three little women are actresses okay. and i love emma watson but she just cannot hold up like she cannot hold up against Saoirse and Florence. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. For all her gifts, she gets by on her star power because they're just like, they just run circles because they're so good. Not because she's bad, but they're so good. It and like, like she then, was the cheesiest of, of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and her character is not as fleshed out, to be fair. Like mm-hmm. she's definitely the force and like compelling. All the other ladies and little women are actresses. What's her name? Uh, who won that year for Marriage Story? Laura Dern, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. Timothy Chalamet, Bob Odenkirk, all actress, actors, actresses. Emma Watson's a star. And then I think Keira Knightley is also a star. I love her, but I don't, I feel like she gets by on that severe look on her face mm-hmm. and her accent. And she just looks very striking and you're compelled to watch her, but sometimes I think she's not that great. Yeah, I agree. And maybe it's the dialogue that she's told to say that's really old fashioned and unwieldy, but she, and she's like, I think the only interesting person in the movie she is i can see it because i feel like everything Karen knightley is in it's kind of kind of the same character kind of the same performance same uh, name yeah <laughs> elizabeth elizabeth oh you're thinking pirates of the caribbean <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, same kind of character in that movie, too, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like she's kind of typecasted, but it's because she can't, she doesn't have much of a range to get out of that typecast. Little Women, they get my points for yeah. characters. Oh, Little Women also also get my points. Mm-hmm. Yes, I give it to Little Women as well. <laughs> Do they have the same number of daughters? No. Little Women has four. Four and five. Mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice has five. So Pride and Prejudice has more daughters, and yet you feel less connected with any of them. Yep. Shame on you, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Let's talk about music. What do you guys this think about the music? Easy. Easy? Easy. I have the Little Women soundtrack on my Spotify playlist. Ooh, right next to Jackie Chan? Right next to Jackie Chan, his singing. Yeah. That Little Women, that opening song, right after she's done talking to the guy trying to buy her story, and then they start playing it. Oh my gosh. That's like what you said last week. The first five minutes, you're getting pumped. Mm-hmm. I was pumped for that movie between that scene and the music. Good opening. Yeah. I have a harder time with this one because I, I feel like the two soundtracks were pretty similar. They were both kind of more classical, traditional piano background music. I did like it in both. I liked I liked the music in Little Woman and I liked the music in Pride and Prejudice. I think if you were to give me a quiz right now, and play one of the songs. I don't know if I would be able to tell you which movie it was from because it just seemed very similar in their styles. I think Pride and Prejudice was a little more classical, whereas Little Women was kind of classical, but it felt a little bit more modern, modern classical, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot more soundtracky than yeah. Pride and Prejudice had. Was it, was it like di- diegetic? music mm-hmm. with all the dances and all yep. that so oh, yeah yeah so more of its time i suppose exactly that. also uh, not really about music but it always baffles me in these old-fashioned movies that they go to balls and just everyone knows all these dance moves like there's different songs it's like i want to know what goes into this do they have like certain songs that they know dances to and then certain songs where they're like oh i would love to dance but I don't know the moves. So I'm going to sit this one out. seems like everyone just hops in, knows all the twists and turns and all the different uh, partners that they have to exchange hands with. And well, much to like the American education system, public education system, they had not just four weeks of line dancing in gym class. They had like a whole course. So, Mm. you know, they had a whole year to learn all all their line dances for the, for the, for the, yeah, for their entire lives. (laughs) All, all, that, all that Beethoven was turning out Mozart. I just want to see one scene in one of those movies where a song starts playing. And they're like, oh, actually, I don't know the moves to this one. This is the <laughs> one song I didn't learn. <laughs> they should have. Well, like, yeah, even Joe, who like rejects it all, still like knows. Yeah. They... All the movements. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guess what else are they going to learn? What else are they going to do? <laughs> with their Friday free time? Are, are boring without it. <laughs> and these balls usually happen in people's houses, which is crazy. That is true. They have giant houses. Mm-hmm. But they're poor. <laughs> so, some of them. If you don't uh, have a ballroom, you're poor. I I think for, for music, I will give my point to Little Women because I've been giving my point to Little Women this whole time and it just seems like a bad time to, <laughs> to change. But also, I think I noticed the music more. So while they both sounded similar to me, I noticed more times in that movie the music playing. I think Pride and Prejudice was a little bit more subtle in the background where every now and then you'd hear it come up from the scene. But most of the time it just kind of be playing and I, I wouldn't be paying attention too much to it. 
Oh yeah, if you play oh, a song, I'll give my point to Little Women. <laughs> As will I, because if you played a Little Women song, I could probably tell you. But well, you got it on your Spotify playlist. Yeah. On there, I I also I had it right when it came out. It came, it went on some soundtrack playlist. I've dived, I've dove back into it recently because of so the good. rewatch. Both of the composers, though, it was before their eventual Oscar wins. Pride and Prejudice, Dario Mantinelli. I can't think of what his name actually is. He won for Atonement, <laughs> also with Keira Knightley, and Saoirse oh, yeah. Ronan. And then Alexander Desplat won for Grand Budapest and Shape of Water. And I think Little Women's very Alexander yeah. Desplat. I do like Shape of Water. Shape of Water's a pretty good soundtrack. He was nominated for Little Women, too, I think. Should have won. Alexander it. was. Yeah. For score. Who won it, score it that deserves year? It deserves it. Deserves to be nominated. Who? Ooh, who did win? Twenty nineteen. Tell you. Twenty nineteen. I'm testing your Oscar knowledges. Oh man. Uh... <laughs> that'd be that'd be the 2020 Oscars. What won that year? So that was Parasite's year. Oh, it was Joker. The woman from Iceland won. Oh. Harold oh, Hilder something something daughter. Hmm. Which is fine. I like her. She's Icelandic. <laughs> She's like one of a few women too. So, would you say Joker was a better soundtrack than Little Women? Uh, not in front of Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rudy, leave the room for a sec. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll talk I'll about. <laughs> all right, so I, I think uh, what we're all three for three on Little Women so far. Let's talk about tech. Running away with it. <laughs> Poor Pride uh, and Prejudice. Guess tech. guess we're two. Prejudice against pride and prejudice. (laughs) (laughs) You have to swallow your pride. um, (laughs) Oh man, we're stretching now. I am in Little Women. That editing. So at Mm, first, mm -hmm. you're. I remember going to theaters to see this, and I was confused for like the first time they did that switch between timelines. I was like, because the only thing that's different is their hair. That's like the only focus that you could have that it's like oh wait this is a different time period yeah Sarah's hair is sometimes shorter mm-hmm. sometimes longer and that kind of gives well, them yeah, yeah then confusing when she cuts it yep. I mean it's a clearer I guess but like confusing on a rewatch I think actually mm-hmm. and that's what I saw most of the complaints about in the reviews is everyone's like it's too confusing they jump back and forth blah, blah, blah. well like give it a second like once you get the the gist of jumping back and forth you understand it perfectly and then it just flows I feel like also as this as the movie gets on, I feel like the cinematography changes between the two timelines more. Like I don't know what to call it, the present. The present is I feel more blue tones, like much more grays and stuff. And then the past is very warm and red. And yeah, I noticed I that know. too. I noticed that too exactly. Like it seemed like as they got older, the like bright sunny <laughs> cinematography just kind of got like colder and darker. <laughs> and when you see Joe in where does she go? New York? Is that where she went to? Yep. Those scenes are, are a little bit rougher and edgier than kind of the rest of that movie where it seems like the the past scenes with them all in the house seem, again, very bright, very crisp and neat, where it seems like when they get older, it seems a little bit more rough around the edges. Absolutely. And then <laughs> the house, like the set design of Little Women, just, I mean, that house looks so inviting. Everything like you want to live in that house. You want to like have Christmas with that beautiful <laughs> table and that feast and the tree and uh, everything about everything about Little Woman. I mean, spoiler <laughs> alert, it's going to get all my points. But, like, <laughs> I think to compare it to like Pride and Prejudice, I never really got like the, the geography of the house, like the layout. I have no idea 
there's just that one really cool shot of it like front and center with like the two trees but then like there's no awareness of anything about that house and maybe again it might be like it's earlier in the 1800s so like different vibes but and i feel like the set decoration was particular in little woman yeah like they, to the to the characters and stuff they spend enough time to make it feel like you're there with them mm-hmm. whereas pride and prejudice you, for me it just felt like i was watching a movie trying yeah. trying hard to try to make watch. it through make it through the movie even the house across the street in little women where theodore lives and his grandfather oh I want to live in that house. You just look across the street and there's this beautiful garden. Well, I guess it's have, not a garden since they're in the U.S., but... Would you have a ball? At, at, I would for sure like have a ball. 100%. 100%. How is Lauren out hosting balls all the time to yeah. meet people? He was a lonely boy. Yeah. I don't know. Pride and Prejudice seemed dark. I don't know. The whole... Not, not the story, but like... The... So many people died in that movie. So dark. No, the cinematography was cold and dark. So I guess I'm just reiterating what you guys said. There were some cool shots, but they were all like landscape-y. Mm-hmm. So like, I kind of be like, well, you found cool nature. That's not yeah. <laughs> as impressive. <laughs> I was going to say, the only like different technique that I can remember from Pride and Prejudice is when she's swinging around on the swing and she's like twirling. It made me sick. Yeah, I was going to say... It, it stands out but it's not like it was a like a good like i'm not praising it because <laughs> i was like oh this is just making me dizzy uh, and you stuff like that doesn't usually affect me but this did and i i was starting to get you're right dizzy from just looking at that but it was cool how they did the spinning and then yeah she spun into like a different time not literally into a different time but <laughs> the story progressed to a different time with her spinning <laughs> if that made any sense <laughs> spun into a whole nother time <laughs> that would we're actually reviewing movie. time cop again <laughs> yeah <laughs> she spun right into another movie that would make that more interesting <laughs> if it was time time cop pride and prejudice oh, what a matchup <laughs> there i was flipping through the channels there is pride and prejudice and zombies that came out in 2016 mm. and i was like maybe we should have watched that Totally different than little like Abraham vampire, Uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter has that same vibe. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) nice. So I'm I'm guessing we're all going Little Women on this category too. Of course. Yes, and the costumes as well for Little Women were more Mm -hmm. exciting. They're all just like I don't know, Pride and Prejudice. They all just wore like slips of dresses and like that's fun. (laughs) Great cloths. Maybe because they were poor, as they said. Yeah, they're all even though they had a giant so house. Tired of being poor. <laughs> all right, the big question that I'm sure everyone listening has no idea where any of us are going to go with: which movie did you enjoy more? For overall enjoyment, of course, it's Little Women. <laughs> of course. So I went to the theaters to see this in 2019. I had no idea what the story was about. Cassidy wanted to see it, so we went. I loved it. I was getting pretty emotional at the end. I and usually it takes a good movie to do that for sure. Another like the other movie I can think of was 1917 that really like brought out my emotions. But this one did too. Every time I watch it, it gets better. Pride and Prejudice, I don't want to watch that again. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm disappointed. I've always wanted to watch Pride and Prejudice because I have a distinct memory of seeing that trailer all the time in 2005. Like I have it wrapped up with like the Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is a thorough, like that whole period of movies. 
And I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch it. I even started watching it like in early pandemic and I kind of stopped for maybe because of boredom and I didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> I thought I was just distracted by like life. But yeah, it was definitely a disappointment. I feel like if it had been a tight 90 minutes, I could have enjoyed Pride and Prejudice a lot more. Mm-hmm. They just kind of like the whole, I don't know. There's a whole like 20 minute stretch. I'm like, I don't know what's going on in Pride and Prejudice. This doesn't make sense. We know they're going to end up together. Or at least I expect them to. So like, why are we, it's kind of like a rom-com that just threw an extra obstacle. <laughs> yeah, but like without the comedy, like you said, like <laughs> there's nothing to propel you to be like, oh no, especially for such a classic story, you should have, I don't know, maybe it's trickier to make it compelling, but Little Women wonderfully captured my attention in the theaters. So it was my mom who's named after, my mom is actually named after the Little Woman. She's Elizabeth, she's Margaret Elizabeth, so Meg, Beth, oh, and her man. aunt, my aunt is Amy Josephine, so Amy and Joe. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And I cried when Beth got the piano. And yeah, it was lovely. It's just a warm hug of a movie. For sure. Yeah, I, I, uh, I enjoy Little Women as well. I don't think I love it quite as much as Rudy, but that's a movie where when it's over, you just kind of sit back and you're like, that was nice. That was a nice movie. Like, <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was a nice little... Uh, little two hours that we spent with those characters pride and prejudice i had to watch or attempt to watch a couple times because it would it was a little (laughs) slow okay so (laughs) sometimes characters would be talking very you know properly very softly in roundabout ways to where like one sentence could sum up what these characters are talking about but they're gonna they're gonna extend it for a 10 minute scene you're like oh my god so i I may have dozed dozed off a a little bit while watching the movie so i had to continuously find my place and and restart from where i was at little women i was able to watch um that one i think is a little bit more digestible for a wider audience whereas pride and prejudice um i don't i personally wouldn't recommend it to anyone to watch but i know there's (laughs) people who like it so if you like period piece romance movies, I'm guessing this one's right up your field house. Uh, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. And I think to Cole's point earlier, both these movies are based on books that I haven't read. So I didn't really know too much going into either one. Little Women, I got more enjoyment out of because I didn't know where the story was going. I didn't know what happened to these characters. I didn't know the interactions that they were going to have. So kind of seeing their lives progress, it was like, oh, this is this is a nice progression. I, I like what they're doing with these characters and the story I'm invested in because I don't I don't know how this is all going to end up. You know, at, at certain parts in the movie, you can kind of guess like, oh, they're this person's probably going to end up with this person or um, something's going to happen with this character. But it's not like going into the movie. I was like, this is how it's going to end where Pride and Prejudice soon as that movie started i was like this is how it's gonna end (laughs) and the rest of it honestly doesn't matter like there's no there's no shock there's no surprises there's nothing in that movie where like i was like "Ooh, what's gonna happen next because i was like these guys are being mean to each other and they're gonna realize they love each other and that's pretty much what happens in the movie. There's not a lot there's not a lot in the middle that really diverts from that story in an intriguing way. I mean, there's stuff that happens in it where okay, this is this is how their love is going to be 
developed, I guess, but eh, it's just not interesting. Like little women, little women is, is more, there's a lot more to it. There's more twists and turns that take you through the story that keep you engaged and keep you, I don't want to say on the edge of your seat, but you're interested in seeing where it's going to go. Whereas Pride and Prejudice, I just didn't have that interest level. I was like, just get together already <laughs> and let this movie be over. And that's that's pretty much how I stand. And now that the movie's over, I'm like, great. Now I've seen it um, and I can never watch it again. <laughs> Sorry, that was very them? long-winded. Yes, no. I picked Little Women. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you pick the movies for next week? This was my last oh, week. Damn, no, I didn't. I, got <laughs> I didn't think about that. I do want to... I do want to say if I had been on the uh, Knives Out Clue podcast, that would have been a much tighter race for oh, it is are, uh, yeah. winners. It is it was a close one. I think I think it split our vote. Rudy, I think you picked Knives Out. Yeah, and I, I went with Clue. Mm-hmm. So it was a hard one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was not a hard one. Yeah, this sorry, is a proud prejudice fans. Oof. Those stands, those Jane Austen fandom <laughs> people are going to come knocking down your door. Sometimes you see movies like a movie has like a big fan base or like even a book or something like that. And a lot of people are like, wow, this is this is great. You should really watch this. And sometimes you have those moments where you finally sit down and you're like, I'm going to watch this because so many people have told me this is good. And so many people tell me it's classic. And you get done watching it and you're like, I don't I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why this is like what people consider amazing. And Pride and Prejudice is kind of one of those for me. Like, I I can get liking the movie and I can get enjoying romantic aspect of the two characters and kind of their chemistry and how they play off each other. But to like consider a classic and like one of the greatest romance stories of all time. Really? This one? Okay, <laughs> I guess. Maybe. I know that you guys are probably chomping at the bit to do this after your enjoyment of this movie, but there is an entire six-episode miniseries from England of Pride and Prejudice. Six episodes. Whoa. How long are they? An hour each? I'm, I'm looking at 53 <laughs> minutes as episode one. Oh, my gosh. What <laughs> more can they put in there? I, I'm sure now second episode, 53 minutes. I think it's, they're all, oh, I think it's six hours. Have you seen it? Adaptation. <laughs> have you seen it? I have not. My sister oh. did own it for a while. I think I never saw it. Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. So I think that's why a lot of, mm. it has a lot of fans. It was like his big breakout. I honestly don't know what more, like no. how they could have made it longer. I thought it was too long already. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know, but you know, if you're really, really <laughs> bored one day, you could knock out an afternoon. Ooh, that'd be a rough afternoon. That probably put me to sleep. I, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's more entertaining than the movie. I don't know. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you watch something, you're like, wow, that's terrible. And then you watch a remake or a different interpretation. You're like, wow, they actually made this really enjoyable and entertaining. Next week, are we doing Christmas next week? It's up to you. It's your month. I know. It'll probably be Christmas. Nice. But thanks for joining us. Yes. I hope you had fun on the podcast. I had a lot of fun. I want to talk about movies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is wonderful. You wanna... Thank you for allowing me to join. Yeah, whenever you want to join us and talk about more movies, or if you have recommendations for pairings, we're always looking for recommendations because, man, I we're, have we're been running out of ideas. To, I have been meaning to send you. I'll have to like review, review your, go through your Instagram and check your previous and see if I can come up with some fun ideas. I mean, because Knives Out and Clue was like 
would be at top of that list. So oh, that yeah. one's gone. <laughs> that's that was my one good idea. That was a good that was a good matchup. I did like that week. Uh, I I do think maybe maybe we'll do this next week. I do have one pairing that I want to do for Christmas. Uh, it was a recommendation that I absolutely loved. Uh, it is Lethal Weapon, which is a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. versus Die Hard, which is also oh, a Christmas movie. Okay, so maybe 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 we'll do that next week. <laughs> I'm in. Thanks for listening. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.